Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I am your host, Tammy Tway, and this podcast is for all things we love about the Grand Valley that we live in. Today I have a great guest speaker, but before I introduce her, I want to tell you how excited I am about this year, 2023. Each year I like to find different things to do, like this, starting a podcast. Okay, so my guest today is Tamara Allen from the city of Grand Junction. Tamara, thank you for joining us today. Hi, good afternoon. Hey, it's great to hear from you. Hey, I look forward to our discussion, um, finding out what the city of Grand Junction has planned for this year and much more. Great. Well, I'm happy to be a guest on your show today. Thank you. Thanks. So, Tamara, what can you tell us um, and maybe a little bit about your background yeah. Um, well, there's the professional side and the personal side. So maybe in context of the conversation today, I'll tell you a little bit about my professional background. Um, I am a trained and schooled urban planner. And when I introduce myself as a planner, people generally say, oh, you do parties and weddings. But that's not at oh. all what we do <laughs> as, as planners here. Um, so I am trained to really think about how our communities grow, what kind of infrastructure they need, how to do that equitably across all different areas and neighborhoods and people and ethnicities that our communities serve, and really trying to take a look at the the long road. So we often, as planners, um, inherent perhaps to the the name, but we, we plan. We plan for the future. So we may be working on projects today, but we're really thinking about 10, 20, 30 years down the road and how... Um, our community grows and how that impacts our residents um, in in many many ways. That's awesome. So that, oh. Yeah. So th- that's a little bit about myself. Um, I've been in the greater Grand Junction area uh, for just over five years, almost going on six now, and love the valley. But I've been in the great state of Colorado now for just over twenty years. So wow. I definitely call it home at this point in time and and love all the things that the uh, Grand Junction area here has to offer for myself and my family. So speaking of love, so um, the name of my podcast is In Love with the Grand Valley. So Mm -hmm. what do you personally love about the Grand Valley and what it has to offer? Yeah, well, I think like so many people that are drawn to Colorado, um, I would say Grand Junction delivers on Colorado's dream in so many ways. I often joke with some of my professional colleagues, friends, or family that reside on the front range of Denver that they get a look at what Colorado's about, but they don't always get to experience it. So, Or they may have to sit in their car a long time to really experience it. Um, I think Grand Junction, for me and my family, offers um, array of different recreational activities at our fingertips 
Um, it's incredibly accessible and diverse, the types of things that we can do here, whether that be rafting or biking or hiking or skiing um, and just adventuring in kind of the wild lands of uh, Colorado and Utah are just absolutely fabulous and we spend uh, as a family doing a lot of that. Nice. Yeah, our, I think our Grand our Grand Junction weather um, compared to Eastern Slope in the winter is a little bit milder, so that helps, huh? It, it sure does. I'll say the Grand Junction summers, I'm still not quite adjusted to them. They tend to be a little bit hot for me. We spend a lot of time seeking out the high country in the summertime, but um, but you're right, our, our climate here is pretty fabulous, um, although we do enjoy the snow. We we drive a little further and, and spend time up on the, the Mesa or uh, down south in the San Juans a fair bit as well. Nice. So, Tamara, what can you tell us about the city of Grand Junction, your planning job, and what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, wow, Tammy, that's a lot. Um, I would <laughs> yes. say, I, I would say, uh, m maybe in very broad and general terms, you know, my my role here with the city of Grand Junction is the director of community development. That's my official title. Um, we work hard to address uh, the needs of this communities in multifaceted ways. Um, we often focus on the growth and de the development pressures. That's really kind of our bread and butter for the department. Um, we do that in a planning sense, really looking a long ways down the the horizon and trying to identify issues and doing things to adjust the ship now um, so that when it, um, I, again, in, in a decade or two that we plan for a community that can be served equitably and efficiently and effectively with our city's infrastructure. So we spend a lot of time in that space. Um, and then we also spend time um, working with our development community here on actual projects. So in that case, we play kind of a regulatory and guiding um, role where we work with developers uh, to ensure that their projects meet uh, the city's regulations for how growth um, is completed and constructed, whether that be requiring uh, certain elements of landscaping to making sure that the public infrastructures, the streets, the sidewalks they may be putting in meets today's standards. So that's an aspect of the work. Um, we also have other divisions here with the city um, internal to my department that work on broader topics as well. I know one that has received a lot of traction lately is um, around housing and housing affordability and attainability, especially target or housing targeted our workforce. We spend a lot of time trying to work with those issues, understand the needs of our community, and understand as a government agency how we can assist and help support our community in the areas they need with housing. We also work in areas of sustainability, so um, that's environmental sustainability and also uh, just resource stewardship in general. So how can we, as a community and an organization, be good stewards of our resources, environmental and otherwise? Um, and then we've also put a lot of focus here in the last couple of years, and we continue, I think, 
to put emphasis on um, mobility. So when we think about how our community grows, it's really important to think about how people move throughout our community, whether from a destination, being a recreation de destination, for example, or between your home and your workplace, and how we can do that in a way that's efficient for our systems um, and in a lot of ways affordable for uh, our residents here, making sure that they have options, so not just driving a car, but being able to walk to locations and services people might need or driving to them. So really trying to think about the community as a whole um, and the entire range of spectrum from people that are very, for example, able-bodied, able-mind to the other end where we also serve a community and have community members that are not um, able-bodied, for example, um, and may need assistance in transportation or housing or other types of things to be successful um, and have and experience a high quality of life for the community. So we spend a lot of time thinking and planning and acting on those things that we think generally um, improve and enhance the quality of life for our residents. I would say in addition to that, we, we ask our community, um, so a long-standing uh, tenant of planning is really making sure we understand the needs of our community, we hear from our community, we listen and understand what our community wants and how they want to grow and the vision, and then we try to take that and implement that over time um, to the, obviously the, to the best degree we can within the resources we have. That's awesome. So I have a couple questions in regards to all the wonderful things that you do. Um, so in regards to housing, so you said that you kind of work with other agencies and um, possibly to look at housing um, affordability, um, those kind of things. So can you kind of give me a little bit of an idea on um, last week we had Scott Aker from the Grand Junction Housing Authority on and mm -hmm. um, you know they're a wonderful program um, so can you give me some ideas on maybe some of the things that Grand Junction's looking at absolutely um, and a little shout out to Scott Aker we work very closely with him and his Yay. work at the Grand Junction Housing Authority is just tremendous for this community and really critical uh, yeah. for many of the lives of our residents here um, uh, in housing we uh, we're working in a lot of different areas right now, and I would say both in the housing and the unhoused um, or a homeless population. Um, in fact, we um, uh, I'll take a little step back, actually. So in, in 2019, um, our city did not have a housing uh, kind of branch or division. We didn't have staff really focused on housing, but we knew housing was a growing issue here, watching some of the trends and some of the cost escalation. I know you're a realtor, so you were watching them in a real way as mm -hmm. well. Um, and we said, we really need to understand the need and the data behind the housing as a growing issue, um, kind of seeing that tide rise. Um, and so we commissioned a study, actually in partnership with both Mesa County and Grand Juncture and Housing Authority, to understand and really collect the data behind our needs here in the community. Um, so Housing Authority has, continues to be a great partner. What we did with that information is we said we there are some very significant needs in this community, and we think our city government has a role to play. Um, and so we spent time. Uh, with our city council and developed out at their direction um, 
a variety of different strategies that we thought at the local government per, um, perspective could really help aid and assist our community. We wanted to recognize throughout the whole process that we have some very capable, um, very skilled agencies and organizations and nonprofits here in the community that are already working and assisting the needs um, of some of our um, low and moderate income households and trying to get them into quality housing. Um, housing Authority, obviously, as you talked with Scott Haker last week, is one of those key agencies that have been doing great work here in the Grand Junction area for a long time. Um, so just as a maybe point of example, we've been spending uh, recent time with our city council talking about um, how we can support our other agencies. In fact, we just put in a request earlier this week uh, in collaboration with the Housing Authority for the city to put in $750,000 into a grant ask uh, to the Department of Local Affairs for a $3 million land acquisition that would be utilized by the Housing Authority to expand their housing options and build new affordable housing here within the community, which is really quite exciting. Um, we've also that been working exciting. on a variety of... Yeah, on a, a variety of other policy-related issues, um, we've been working on our accessory dwelling units. That's a housing type. Many people know as maybe a granny flat or a, a carriage house or maybe a basement apartment. Um, those tend to be fairly easy to to construct um, or to renovate, to create. Um, they provide additional income for people um, that may already own the home or the property. And they tend to be what we call a naturally affordable uh, housing unit. Um, they tend to be smaller in size and uh, tend to be, like I said, more affordable. So we've been working mm -hmm. on some policies. We've adjusted fairly dramatically our, some of our land use code regulations on how and where you can build those and the expectations. And then we actually just introduced here to our city council earlier the week um, of an ADU production program whereby the city would help pay the fees related to and potentially some of the construction costs related to new ADUs. So really wow. trying to get um, into a position where to the extent our city council uh, wants to support, um, we establish programs and policies that really help um, advance the conversation and ultimately provide units for housing units for affordability here. Um, and then we're working in a lot of other different areas. We're certainly working um, with our unhoused community and our service providers um, to try to find ways to find permanent solutions to people that experience either temporary or chronic um, homelessness. And uh, I'll stop there. I could probably talk all day <laughs> about a variety of things we're doing. I will say maybe just as a, a last Maybe last two uh, examples, we are, um, again, tying back to some of the core of what uh, community development has historically done. We are revising our zoning and development code. Those are the regulatory standards that development here has to operate by and really scrutinizing it to say where can we either relax our code or provide other opportunities for uh, increasing the affordability of new home construction. So taking a um, very scrutinized look at our code um, and uh, looking at it through that lens and also saying where do we, where have we heard from our community areas that we want to enhance um, uh, the experience and quality of life through our built environment and we do that oftentimes through that zoning and development code. 
Um, so that's one piece. And then we are also um, working on a variety of different outreach and education opportunities. So one thing that we've heard throughout the course of our early work in housing is that a lot of our community doesn't um, necessarily know or understand um, all the different dimensions of housing and just the general need in our community for affordable, attainable workforce housing. And so um, we'll be launching some programs here in March, starting with a book club um, through the library uh, district here um, and trying to help build some education and uh, information around uh, housing and housing needs uh, throughout our community. That's awesome. Um, that was part of my conversation that I had with Scott last week um, mm -hmm. with the Grand Junction Housing Authority is a lot of times, you know, education is important. Um, hence, one of the reasons why, you know, I want to do this podcast is I want to get mm -hmm. the information out there um, to those that may not know um, mm -hmm. the information and the things that are going on in our, our community. So, I, kudos um, to to doing all of those wonderful things. You know, I know, and you know, as you said, you know that it is a challenge right now for housing in general. Um, and then you put yeah. affordable housing on top of that, and 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 it gets even yeah. more more um, difficult. So, okay. So another question that I have for you. Um, Mm -hmm. is um, in regards to resources. So you said that you take the information from the community. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming maybe is that with Grand Junction Council meetings? Is that with surveys? How are you obtaining information from um, the community in regards to what they, what they want to see or what's important? Yeah, great question. So I would say we never stop doing it. Um, so we are always listening um, and trying to hear from our communities. And as you just named, a lot of different forums, right, where we we hear, we listen, um, whether that be in a council meeting where we have public that comes to speak about certain issues um, to more organized and formal settings. And one of the more recent activities that we conducted is the creation and updating for this community of what we call a comprehensive plan. Um, and we did that effort in 2019 and 2020 and rolled right into early 2021. Um, but a comprehensive plan, um, one is a, a required action by uh, state law and plans um, typically and historically been focused on land use and growth, and though that is a very significant component of ours, uh, what we heard through our community through extensive amount of engagement and those conversations to broader focus groups to some very significant and very well-attended public meetings about the comprehensive plan. Um, we, we really listened and said, what are, what are your priorities? What are your visions for these communities? And we then took all of that information with some assistance from some outside resources and really distilled that into a document that we call our comprehensive plan. Um, so there's some vision elements to that, and then there's some very specific strategic actions and implementation measures that we look to, and we look to that on a very regular basis. But um, we internally uh, call that our, our people's plan. Um, that, again, we went through 
um, almost a year and a half of a variety of different public um, sessions to hear from our community. Um, and originally it was kind of tell us everything, and then we really started to work with them to say narrow that down into some specific areas. These are the consistent themes we've heard throughout the course and discourse with our community. And so we, we lean in and rely on that document. And then as a community, we refresh that as we need as well. Um, and we certainly look to our city council as representatives of their community to help us um, make sure that we are implementing their strategic priorities uh, for the community as well. But that comprehensive plan is really the linchpin in a lot of the work that we do and we look at it regularly and try to make sure that our actions are really aligning with those um, that the community have asked us to take. Nice. So one of the things that I know that you guys did is the the um, water river thing that you guys did over off of Riverside Parkway. Um, yeah, Los Colonias Park. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so right now I know I'm being asked a lot um, of what's happening closer over by the skate park. Do you know what's uh, yeah. what's going on over there? Yeah, I sure do. Um, so we call that area of our riverfront Dos Rios. Um, okay. And Tammy, I don't know how long you've been in the community, but certainly before me, there's been a very long history of incremental acquisition and cleanup of that property. Um, it's um, shy of 60 acres in total, um, but it has a fairly sorted past in the sense that it was used for um, car body storage, about literally thousands of cars on that site. There was a high degree of contamination. There used to be an industrial site there. I believe it was called Leighton Drums that had some seepage issues, but over the course of the last, gosh, 35 years, I think since the mid-80s, the city has been working, one, to uh, acquire portions of that property, um, to work with DOE to actually remove mail, uh, mill tailings from that site so that uranium contamination was no longer there, and has really worked incrementally over a very long period of time to make that uh, property a gem in our community. And so over the last... Uh, more recent half a decade, so the last really five or six years um, and uh, that I have been here, we have seen that transition from raw land into now land that has been slated for development and a portion of it has been sold for development. And obviously you've seen the city has invested a significant amount of resource along establishing um, public areas along the course of the river. That certainly includes the Dos Rios Bike Park. Um, there will be a, a park there. You can kind of you can see it already. The Place mm -hmm. structure, I don't think, has been placed in there, but it, I believe it's on order. Um, we've been working with uh, the future developer of that site as well on a splash park play area. Um, and obviously, uh, we rebuilt portions of that trail um, a couple of years ago as well, all in anticipation of that being um, a new location for uh, private development. Um, and we are partnering 
with and have sold a portion of land uh, to a couple of different development folks, one that plans on doing, and there's a sign out there today if you, you go by and look from the trail side of a cantina and then a, uh, uh, I guess, I want to call it an RV park, but it's more of a um, cabin type of Airstream uh, RV park facility there. And then there is slated to be approximately 150 townhomes in there, and then a variety of other uses on that site as well, commercial, all commercial in aspect, and uh, some additional residential apartment type of, uh, dwellings as well. So. Um, so we expect um, over the next 18 months or so, if all goes as planned and maybe pending some federal interest rates, um, that we will see additional development coming out of the ground there. If you drive by today, you'll obviously that there's some townhome development going on now, and that's yeah. the first piece that we've all seen go vertical, which is really quite exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting just to see over time how it's developing and now um, you know it's just exciting to see the growth of where it was I've been here since 94 so quite a long mm -hmm. time um, yeah. to see of where it was and now what it's becoming it's and I think that's why I'm getting asked a lot by yeah. my clients and other people in the community what is going on in there so because they're yeah. excited too yeah, it, so, it's really exciting. I will have to say, when I uh, first started working on the projects, we worked with a uh, kind of land use illustrator to help work up some visuals and concepts so people could really see what the site could be. And we actually um, were looking for a buyer. We knew that we wanted to see the property develop um, as a commercial hub and really a gathering space for our community and that you know usually means you have a mix of commercial and residential mm -hmm. uses and then a really nice public space or kind of series of public spaces in that area and you know interestingly enough is I believe it was in 2018 we developed uh, a request for proposal for the property we provided a ton of information um, and we said, make an offer, essentially, and we received none, um, wow. which I was absolutely blown away mm -hmm. with at that point in time, as you could probably imagine. Cause yeah. like, the vision is great, and the location for this community is unparalleled. Um, and so we, we had to regroup and said, wow, we really thought we would have a number of people interested in this property. Like, what else do we need to do? And that's where the, we shifted gears and said, how can we um, creatively fund some of the horizontal infrastructure, meaning the roads, the water, the sewer lines, to really even take this one step further to prep it for development. Um, and so we did. We took it that step further um, through what we call a general improvement district and the participation of our downtown development authority. And then we had a number of, of interested uh, buyers in the property and ultimately um, chose to work with a company called May Regler, which is the one that we have um, are under contract and have sold a portion of that site to and will ultimately sell all of it, assuming they uh, continue to perform and develop the site. Yeah, that's exciting. It's it's going to be, I think, a great addition to the city of Grand Junction for sure. So here's my other question off of that, and then we kind of move on. But um, 
I've been hearing little things about the a rec center in Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. Is that happening? <laughs> little things. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I would say maybe. Um, and okay. again, this is not my area of expertise, but you may okay. think about um, talking with our Parks and Rec director. Um, that's okay. really his purview. But I, I can share some details. So um, okay. the city council has long been talking about a recreation center. Certainly our community has been talking about it for several decades at this point in time. Um, Our Parks and Rec Department has led a very exhaustive and thorough effort on understanding the cost, potential design and amenities um, for a potential recreation center, and then also site. They did a lot of analysis on where in the community is the right place for that uh, facility and ultimately landed on Matchup Park. And then as recently as late in 2022, our city council referred a ballot question to the voters that will come forward Mm -hmm. here in April in our municipal election about whether they would support a very modest increase in sales tax to help fund the capital construction and operations of that facility. So um, so that's what I know um, that... um, We'll know more uh, after the election on whether we anticipate having a recreation center or not. And again, probably should stop there. Otherwise, I'll get way yep. too far out of my swim lane. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. The and I, I totally yeah. understand, but I had heard that it was coming um, mm-hmm. uh, possibly on the ballot. And so I thought it was a great opportunity to put it out there. I know a lot of people are very excited um, to to possibly see that come to fruition. So um, really just appreciate you um, kind of just hinting on what's happening there. So I appreciate that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, so um, we kind of talk about demographic. Of course, you're the city of Grand Junction, um, which entails, you know, part of Mesa County. um, And community members accessing your services. So if if somebody wanted to find out more about what's available in the city of Grand Junction, what, you know, what's an offering like I've talked to people that really didn't even know that the water park was really over there to be able to be used. Um so, you know, where can they go? I'm assuming maybe your website mm-hmm. has a, a place where there's um, information? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, one, we, we're we a full-service city, so we have a lot going on here, whether it be police, fire, parks and rec, our utilities department that does water sewer, obviously our work in the planning department is just one of several departments within the city. But I would say start with our website. I think that's a great place for people to get an understanding of all the departments, a lot of the functions. Um, you know, A lot of the inquiries tend to be around uh, or perhaps where your inquiry just led is around our parks and recreation amenities. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a guide that comes out, um, I believe it's three times a year, but a couple times a year that talks about all of the city's recreational programmatic offerings, whether that be youth, youth basketball to um, you know the, the climbing um, gym for, for youth um, to 
uh, information about our parks, how to use them, how to reserve them, what kind of amenities are in them. So that guide is a great way um, to get a comprehensive look at our facilities and what may uh, align with people's interests, recreational or otherwise. So um, that guide is available on our Parks and Recreation page and is, is a great way to get started in understanding those type of amenities. But generally other services, other aspects of what's happening in the city, our website is a great resource. Um, we also maintain a Facebook page for the City of Grand Junction, so that's another way that um, it, uh, I think we also have an Instagram account and a few other social media presences. So those are also really good ways to stay up on um, new news or issues or uh, projects that the city has going on. Well, I think, um, Tamara, one of the things that I can say is over the last couple of years, there is a lot of improvements that are being done in the city of Grand Junction. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, well, how old is the, I mean, first you guys did the police station downtown. Mm -hmm. um, all the new fire stations that are go going in, um, that's really mm -hmm. exciting. And then, you know, now the development that we're seeing along the Riverside Parkway. Um, so just kudos to you and, and your department and what you guys are, are really taking on because it is very obvious that the city of Grand Junction is doing some great things. Well, thank you. I certainly can't accept hardly any of those um, <laughs> expressions of gratitude. It is all hands on deck here from a variety of different departments and um, certainly when you think about the um, infrastructure that the city has been lucky enough to build out, um, you know, that is funded by our taxpayers. So, you know, turn around mm -hmm. and, and thank our community here for being supportive and, and trusting this community to grow our infrastructure to meet our community's needs and demands. Um, a couple of examples that you already highlighted are our new fire stations. When I started here almost six years ago, we had a report and had discussions uh, with our fire chief that, you know, 10 years prior to that, they had done a study that said we need three new fire stations. Mm -hmm. um, and so finally, with the support of the public safety tax here um, uh, at the city, we have been able to uh, not just fund the capital construction, but there's ongoing, obviously, costs related to the staffing of those and um, and just the uh, firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, et cetera, that you need to actually man um, and make those stations functional. So um, so that's been a huge support. And then you'll see, and in fact, I think that there might have been a press release that came out today um, about work along 24 Road. Um, if anybody's tried to get to Gaining View Park over the last year, we, mm -hmm. you know we've been doing work out there. But again, with the support of the voters that enabled us to um, uh, levy some bonds uh, for capital construction to our transportation facilities. So that is how that project is being funded and really critical to think about how our community grows and certainly the corridors um, that are really critical to how we move and experience our community. So um, again, those are all out of my department, although we're certainly at the table um, talking about um, understanding growth and other demand needs and um, happy to be a part of the larger system and the organization here that's done some pretty fabulous work um, in the time that I've been here. Absolutely. Um, 
So what what are your goals for your um, department or for your um, organization that you're kind of her, you know, uh, in charge of? Yeah, I think I think generally, um, you know, my my goals here are to broadly be responsive to our community's needs, um, and we do that in a variety of ways depending on what kind of division or what part of the organization um, that I'm touching. But um, we we really try to support and listen to our community, understand their concerns and issues, um, and act upon those things that we can that are within our purview. So uh, again, um, a lot of the work I tend to do tends to focus on the built environment aspect, and I think we as I noted earlier in the conversation with you today, Tammy is really focusing on how do we continue to uh, create a community here where people feel a part of, where they feel connected to, and where we continually push to strengthen and improve upon and enhance people's quality of life. Um, and that that can be from very small things to very significant things when we think about actual development in built environment but but we know that there is you know direct linkages between people's built environment and their mental health for example access to open spaces and recreational opportunities um, we know there's direct correlations to how people experience their built environment based on how they move through it so whether they're able to walk and actually be able to get that exercise that's really needed for a healthy body healthy mind so we constantly have that in the back of the mind is how do we and how can we help facilitate um, improving, enhancing, sustaining the quality of life for our residents. Well, and that's awesome. I mean, you know, I I love the community that I live in and that's, you know, I mean, I think that we just all want, you know, the best for everyone. And so it's really exciting to to hear you say that. What advice, Tamara, would you give, um, would you have for people who are interested in maybe pursuing a similar path or career like you have? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I will say there's a lot of ways to come to community development planning, and there's a lot of kind of niche and specialties within planning Obviously, the most traditional path to get there is, or get here, I guess, is is to go through um, some type of school and formal education around urban planning, urban design. Those type of specialties are certainly out there. Um, there's all sorts of other uh, kind of specialties. There's work in environmental planning. There's certainly work in equity or transportation planning. So lots of kind of traditional paths. We also see people come to planning through a variety of other um, avenues. Someone may have had, for example, an interest in kind of, again, environmental or equity, justice-related uh, issues, and they come to us through that course, or maybe even geography. Um, so, um, so that there are certainly some conventionally trained, which I am, and some that are not, and we see, um, I think, like perhaps a bit of a microcosm to our community is that what makes our department here click is that 
we attract people and try to recruit people that have very different life experiences that have a diversity of opinion and that helps us do our job better when we think about serving and working for a diverse community that comes from a diverse set of uh, experiences as well. So we, we look for that. Actually, I look for that when I recruit uh, professionals. Try to foster our young uh, students here in the community as well um, through an internship with CMU. So although we don't have one with us right now, but we typically do have an intern with us through CMU. And then we've also recently brought in um, at least uh, temporary staff through AmeriCorps um, program. So again, trying to bring and recruit people that have a diverse set of uh, experiences and background and maybe a non-traditional approach. Um, and it helps us collectively, I think, do our jobs better and think about issues um, that others are experiencing that might be out of our sight or purview um, for a variety of different reasons. So. Um, those are those are a couple of of paths, career paths. We do spend a fair bit of time as well with a couple of the professors at CMU in their sustainability courses or construction management courses. Um, they also have a sustainability course, and um, and we talk with them about the importance of that built environment and how there's really a, a important and clear nexus between a lot of the work that they're interested in academically and, and the kind of the applied experience as well. That's so awesome that you have that collaborative um, between the university and yourselves and you're really utilizing that. Um, so we're kind of going to wrap up our questions, but um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners, maybe something we didn't really touch on today? Oh my, that's a great question. Um, I feel like we've covered a pretty robust set of mm -hmm. topics. Um, you know, I think maybe one thing just to share generally is um, one, I think local government and why I'm drawn to working at the local government level is it's a place where um, we we can have a lot of impact, um, whether that be as a member of the local government through a staff position or a member of the public that has a, opinions and concerns. Um, I think we tend to be incredibly accessible and open to hear from our public, and we enjoy that. That's uh, We are here to serve our community, and so um, for those people that have um, you know, issues, topics, kudos, whatever it is, we love to hear from our community and understand and know kind of where that pulse is. So um, maybe just a broad invitation to um, in, engage with us. We're here to help. Um, we're here to be responsive and we're here to serve the community's greater needs. Um, and I would say we also have some very distinct opportunities um, as well, kind of on a topic-by-topic approach. So for example, I talked about the comprehensive plan we did in 2020 and 2019, um, but we have several uh, uh, products going on right now. For example, we have a pedestrian and bicycle master plan for our community. It's the first one the city has ever done. And harking back to early part of our conversation, Tammy, about how important mobility is and access through our community. Um, and so we've invested a lot of time and energy um, to hear from our community about their needs, their concerns, their experiences that relates to uh, our sidewalks, our 
bike paths or bike trails, those kind of amenities and facilities, and really trying to understand how we as a community can improve upon that experience, whether it be um, creating additional bike lanes, for example, or creating safer experiences to cross the street for those that may be using a, a wheelchair or other mobility device. So really trying to, again, be cognizant and trying to take that next step from hearing from our community to say, you know, what do we need to actually be doing and where are those areas most and highest priority or concern for our community. So um, so we're in that planning process now. And again, just an example of uh, the opportunities to engage uh, that obviously is on a very specific topic, which um, has drawn a, a lot of attention and I think a lot of interest um, because in most ways we're all walkers or bikers at some point mm -hmm. in our transportation trip and so having that infrastructure is really critical to our experience on how we move uh, in our community. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think again our weather contributes to a lot more of that than a lot of other areas, um, you know, during this time of year, especially. Um, but, you know, definitely interested in having the city of Grand Junction back on the podcast, maybe on a quarterly basis, um, really just kind of, you know, focusing maybe on different things that are happening in um, the city. And, um, but really appreciate everything that you have given us today, Tamara, and appreciate your time and um, letting us know what's going on in the city of Grand Junction. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I know we'd be thrilled to be a future participant, so thank you so much for the invitation, and hopefully your listeners uh, learned a little bit today and um, excited to be a part of your podcast, so thank you. Thank you very much, and we're going to take a quick break. Okay, we're going to state that this podcast is sponsored by the home team at EXP Realty, LLC. This is my real estate company, and I love what I do, and I love where I live, right here in the Grand Valley. Now, let's move on to fundraisers. I really want to help others get information out there. Um, this week, I did not receive any notifications of any uh, local fundraisers, so just kind of want to... Um, to let you know, if you know of any, you can email me at grandvalleypodcast at gmail.com. I'm happy to get your information out there, um, what the fundraiser is for, who is going to benefit, um, what's the need, and what's your goal uh, would be great. Um, maybe consider donating to your local food pantry. I did this uh, at Christmas time. Um, there is a lot of people in our community, there are a lot of people in our community that are getting food assistance at this time, so that's a great place to donate if you're looking um, to help somebody. So this weekend is coming up. Um, what are you doing this weekend? I found a few things that I thought might be of interest, um, that I might be interested in um, doing over the weekend. So let's look um, February um would be friday opening reception at the art center of western colorado that's from 6 30 p.m to 9 p.m saturday at 7 a.m 
bright and early. Palisade High School Wrestling is their first annual peewee tournament at Palisade High School. I used to love to go to these when my grandson was um, wrestling in peewee wrestling. So kudos. That that should be fun. Um, the fourth Saturday at 7 p.m., so February 4th, War Hippies are at the Warehouse 2565 Kitchen. Um, and on the 3rd, so that's tomorrow at 7.30 to 9 p.m., it's the first Friday comedy open mic at the Cavalcade um, in Fruita. That should be fun. On the 5th, see, Sunday at 3 p.m. Oh, this sounds like fun. Fun with Polaroids. So West Slope 10 types. And this is out of Fruta. Um, that looked like something that was really fun to do. Really didn't um, have a time on there, but there was um, contact. So if you want more information, I'm happy to get what I can for you. So that's just a few ideas for what you could do this weekend. Find something fun to do. I hope you all have a great weekend. Be happy, be kind, and let's talk again soon. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by the podcaster. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Opinions expressed by guests and the podcaster are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of everyone. You can also email con any comments or suggestions to grandvalleypodcast at gmail.com. Have a great day.